Hey guys, welcome to the Success Looks Like You podcast, Sly Speaks Careers, bringing you the best of the UK black talent and we're spilling the tea on all things careers. I'm your host, Mwila, founder of Success Looks Like You. Let's get into it. Who do we have today? Hi guys, so my name is Pillar. I work as a social media strategy lead for a startup marketing company called Hypebrid. I'm also a co-host and co-producer for The Reality Tea, which is a podcast on BBC Sounds. So I found out about Success Looks Like You a couple of years back. I was at an event and the lady holding the event is friends with Willa and she asked me where, what country I'm from and I said Zambia she goes oh my gosh I know one other Zambian and I was like who she goes my friend Willa meet her and then I met you and I was just like oh my gosh I met another Zambian because if you yeah you put you might you might be lucky enough to know one or two of us but actually it's very rare to meet Zambians in the diaspora so I was really excited and then I've been following the journey that you guys have been on across on Instagram ever since and I absolutely love what you guys yeah, do. yeah I've been trying to get pillar on this for like a minute I've been trying to get you to <laughs> mental I've been trying to so I'm really grateful to have you on the podcast listen I'm ready we need to make it happen yes, this baby year girl, yes. work-life balance <laughs> work-life balance mm-hmm. so true jazz yes yeah, so I'm jazz jazz Broughton I I work as a customer success manager for a analytics company so I work in tech the company's called Mixed Panel um, and then outside of that I'm a coach for life and work doing a, a podcast and all things personal development I came across success looks like you probably from like a LinkedIn or Twitter post mm-hmm. um, at the time where they were looking for mentors and kind of got involved absolutely loved the whole experience also took part in a, a tech focus sort of scheme that was going on got to meet some amazing mentees and kind of just followed the journey as well yeah i'm wheeler i'm one of the founders of success looks like you uh we set up this platform because i got really tired of uh hearing my friends talk about the fact that they didn't see people like them in the professions that they were trying to get into and when i spoke to my mom you know she had similar kind of conversations when she was uh when she first moved here and was trying to start off her career and for me really i i I fundamentally believe in if you want to see change be the change that you want to see and i don't want that the conversation for our children remains the same and i hadn't done anything about it so really and truly we're trying to um encourage more positive relatable black role models across loads of different industries to come up and come out and speak to our younger generation about what the world of work looks like what running my own business looks like and how they can kind of avoid some of the pitfalls that we've um we've gone through Hi, I'm Ayo, and um, I'm a director at uh, Success Looks Like You. I'm also a uh, a media philanthropist and a quantity surveyor in construction. Lovely. So let's jump straight into younger self advice. So if you were starting out in your career again, what would you tell your younger self? So I would tell my younger self to stick at it. Um, that sounds a bit general, but like I joke, my current business that I run is maybe like the sixth that I've had in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of that is due to like being raised by entrepreneurs, like my dad's a carpenter and a DJ. So that stuff was kind of natural to me. But when I think of some of the ideas that I had back then, if I had continued doing them where I'd be now would be something completely different. Mm-hmm. So stick at it. Nice. Hello. So my advice would be to like not be afraid to try new things, 
and understand like your career isn't linear like mm-hmm. I used to be so embarrassed because I've done so many different things I studied business management and accounting and all my friends went to work in like Canarable for these big banks with big salaries um and then I went into the music industry doing artist relations and I've ended up um, working in social media across different industries, music, advertising, and TV and small businesses and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I used to get so embarrassed because like, everyone else would stick to the same thing. And then I had kind of just like hopped along. It hasn't been a straight career path. It's, I've just hopped along to different industries. And I used to be embarrassed about it. But mm-hmm. someone once that it was, I met this older woman at a show, an awards show. And she said to me, like, don't be, um, embrace having a portfolio career and what she Mm -hmm. meant by that is a portfolio career is when you do lots of different things and she said like don't be afraid to be a slash person own it and that was so impactful to me because I was just like you know what not everyone has the same story so if you're hopping around it's fine it doesn't matter as long as you're continuing to grow as a person Mm -hmm. Um, and also like if I wasn't open back in the day there was no Twitter there was definitely no Instagram (laughs) so this career I'm in did not exist when I was at school. So there was no way of being prepared for it. But if I wasn't open to trying new things, then I wouldn't be doing a thing that I actually really, really enjoy. Yeah. And on your point around the portfolio career, I think, you know, research shows that, especially from the millennial generation, and I think this will continue to be the trend for younger generations, that we are having sort of four or five careers in one lifestyle, in one lifetime, which is so different to our parents and our grandparents' generation. So I think the slash career is like a real thing in our generation, for sure. Ayo, younger self-advice. Younger self-advice, I would say um, just just to just to have 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 a have a plan um have have a focus yeah it's so well and good having like you know a, a portfolio career and 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 you know try and and do different things but i think ultimately um there has to be some kind of plan there has to be some kind of uh, a focus on 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 who you want to be and and what you want to do mm-hmm. so um i think i was i was saying uh, before um that there was there was there was two ways um either create your own path mm-hmm. and just go hard at it and 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 create you know an avenue for yourself um and and just believe in yourself and and just keep plugging away cuz you will definitely get there mm-hmm. or you know, to, to actually like have someone that you aspire to be like or somebody who, who, whose path you want to follow and then, you know, look at how they entered in and the kind of ways that, you know, and the kind of techniques that they use to get in. Mm-hmm. So then you can give yourself some tools and some avenues, you know, to get yourself in, in, in a similar path. Yeah. So basically you get a success looks like you mentor, I think is what I was trying to say. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, my younger self advice would be all the things that you are doing, which is uh, going to the netball tournaments, joining the swimming club, being part of drama society doing debate all of those things will uh, be vital to where you end up in your career so none of it will be uh, lost and it will all add value to you so whatever your interests are as a young person don't be afraid to uh, pursue sort of additional uh, or extracurricular activities that allow you
allow you to really develop the things that you're passionate about because even if you don't know what you want to do later down the line ultimately it will all add up and add value to you regardless of what you end up doing yeah okay so let's hear a little bit more about what everybody does in their day-to-day job and I'm specifically looking for some transparency around uh, money so um, this section is always is is called money talks and this is uh, really trying to break down some of that mistrust in our community around you can't tell people what you earn because if people know what you're earning then they'll be doing juju like or you'll have bad luck so we're breaking all of that down I want to know what do you got like how long have you guys been doing what you do and kind of how much are you on what does an entry level salary look like and then what can the what's the big boss earning ultimately pillow you want to kick us off my job working in social media i'll take you from the beginning i started as like a digital marketing assistant Mm -hmm. and that was kind of like updating myspaces bieber way back in the day Mm -hmm. um and then when i became a social media manager slash also depending on where you are they have different roles when I worked in tv they called it a social creative so our job was you get given a brief by your client or a marketing manager and the brief would be like okay we have this new show coming out or if you work for a business it'll be like okay we have this product um that we really want to push or this is our bestseller or it could be they'll give you an objective basically in the brief Mm -hmm. so it could be like we have this new show we need to we want to create awareness or for example if it's a small business they might be like um we want to be positioned as the thought leader in this particular space Mm -hmm. or it could be um if you're working in like a retail you know online fashion kind of fast fashion it would be actually we want to we want to take the um the margin of like eyes on us on on Instagram so it might be like we want to be the most spoken about thing so sometimes it's not even about the individual sometimes about the competitors um it's it's really interesting and really weird but people have different objectives and some objectives are very much business-based it could be like okay we need to increase the sales or we're trying to position ourselves as the best people in this particular um arena so you get given a brief and from that brief you have to go away and think of okay how can we actually make this happen using social media which platforms are we going to use is it like instagram is it linkedin and obviously now the day and age we're living in people also want to hear tiktok and thriller Mm. on 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 their you know depending obviously on who your client is sometimes it's snapchat so you've got to decide like you can't be on everything you might just say okay let's focus our energy on one platform let's focus our energy on three platforms or maybe you'll have a a strategy where it's like okay let's have some primary platforms and some secondary platforms Mm -hmm. so and then you have to decide on the creative for that so are we going to use images is it going to be written content are we going to make videos are we going to do a cool um video edit with gfx so you know you come you come up with the idea Mm. um are you using are you repurposing video content or images or are you starting from scratch are you using memes from the internet you know you just decide what it is and obviously you've got to write the copy and if you're working for tv shows as well you have to do a lot of live tweeting and that's the best because you don't have to everything else you have to like take through five people minimum Mm. and be like oh yeah approve this and everyone's got an opinion but when it's live tweeting no one's telling you nothing unless you get that call from your boss like delete that last tweet (laughs) which I've had twice before but twice in a couple of years is not bad you know what I mean so that that's what the role entails basically and just depending on where you are like now I do less of the actual posting myself 
and more kind of approved stuff that other people post. But yeah. I loved it when I was on the ground posting and tweeting. It's great. Mm. And um, how many years in are you in now? So how many years have you been doing that? Oh my gosh, my first digital marketing job was like two thousand and nine. Okay. So what we do, what we doing? 10, 11 years? Yeah, 10, 11, 11 years. years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I was a digital marketing assistant then, so social media probably about ten years, um, right. and the average rate for a social media manager on a day rate, because I work as a contractor and freelancer, mm-hmm. is two hundred to three hundred pounds a day. That is like the average you can ask for. Yeah. Obviously, there's some people that are quite cheeky, and they'll be like one fifty a day. It's up to you if you take it at your own discretion. And obviously, the further um, you go one one it's the higher you go but two what I've noticed especially about amongst friends that I have as freelancers you notice that some people get more work than others and some people are more ballsy than others mm. so it's not always about your your skill level sometimes mm. it's people with the people will say with their chest give me 350 a day and they'll get it yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean yeah. so I think a lot of it is confidence yeah. confidence and knowing your worth yeah. I would say I'm I'm I'll be honest, I haven't always been that ballsy. Do you know what I mean? I go in, like, I go in where I think I can push the limits, but I've never been ballsy. But I I put some respects on those people's names because I have seen girls ask for more money. And I respect it when Mm. it's a woman because it's less expected. Mm. So, yeah, but that is just average standard rate across the industry. If you're going through any agency, um, like a major player's, or um, if you're using an online platform like you know Juno to get work, that is pretty standard um, rates that you can get on a direct. But please, you might be thinking because I saw something go like viral on the timeline t- um, this week mm-hmm. on Twitter, and this girl was like, "Oh, my friend went from 35k um, a year to 275 pounds a day." God, I see what you're doing for others. The thing is, like. <laughs> I saw it and I liked it as well. Yeah. I liked it, but we've got to be real honest with this freelance life. It sounds good when you're thinking, oh, you're getting um, a day rate. But there's so many things I've seen happen. One, I've seen contracts cut short. Yeah. I've seen also contracts extend. Mm-hmm. Two, you're getting... I remember there was a year, I wasn't. my, my accountant told me, like, put 20% aside for your tax. Me, I was living my best life. And then when I got my tax bill, oh, my chest. Yeah. Because... <laughs> because if you're registered as a business there's two types of taxes you gotta pay you gotta pay your corporate tax Mm. and then you've got to pay your you know like your personal tax so when that (laughs) my chest honestly (laughs) it still pays me to this day so I just think that even though you think oh when you land that first contract you think like oh my gosh yes like you've got to be very careful with your money because you've got to take into account your pensions if you get sick listen coronavirus Mm, (laughs) some people won't be you ain't gonna see nobody do you know what i'm trying to say yeah so you've got to really plan for those rainy days and um like at the beginning of this year i was quiet and now i'm very busy but that's that's typically how it goes because when you're busy you're working as much as you can and i remember there was a time i was at my old place and i was sick i was ah i was sick and also had a toothache <laughs> and and I had to have a root canal. And it was so expensive. Yeah. Like I'm talking, I spent grands with this woman just yeah. fixing my teeth, right? And I remember there was one time the pain was hitting me so bad, but I knew if I didn't go to work, yeah, I, I wouldn't get paid. So yeah. I tried to say to them, <laughs> I tried to go, and they were like, just go home, like don't even bother coming in. So you've just got to really prepare for 
those rainy days. Yeah, Jazz, definitely. tell us about, um, yeah, how long you've been doing what you're doing and what does salary look like? Yeah, so um, I've been a customer success manager for just over three years now. Um, prior to that, I was a trainee surveyor. Prior to that, I was an event manager. Prior to that, I was studying my degree. So <laughs> definitely got that squiggly, slashy portfolio career. Um, but in terms of what you can expect entering uh, a customer facing role, mm-hmm. um, you're looking at anywhere between, say, like 20 to 25. Mm-hmm. And then as you kind of get to maybe my level of experience, you're looking at anywhere between 35 to 50. These numbers will differ based on the size of your company. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I do quite enjoy about tech is that they're not shy about money. It's very easy for you to find out not necessarily what they've got in the bank, but how much they've raised because mm-hmm. a lot of it is a big, big funding culture. And also what I'm enjoying more often now is a lot of companies, if they are profitable without any outside funding, they'll tell you. But you can also look at the headcount, things like that. So Glassdoor, LinkedIn, you can use as sources yeah. um, in terms of salary information. And there's a few tech websites. So like Crunchbase is one of them. I think they do an annual report on salaries. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of report, mm-hmm. uh, just this week, Buffer, which is actually a social media um, platform actually published a spreadsheet of the salaries across their company and um, Buff is really interesting because they do quite well for kind of what they do in the field but their director of success is on 100k um, and that is what you're looking at at the top end of the scale um, and that's obviously it's a global role um, in terms of the company and all of these figures would be um, essentially compounded with commission structure and that could be anything from 10k plus Mm -hmm. sometimes depending on the size of the company there'd also be a bonus element to it and then in tech as well you're able to kind of get equity um, and shares and stuff what I do enjoy about working for a larger company is that the benefits that they can offer are different as well Mm -hmm. so I get healthcare um, so I can go private rubbing it in pillar sorry (laughs) (laughs) no I'm saying I'm actually I can't lie I'm so jealous (laughs) the way that Dennis was giving me the bill I was like wow (laughs) but I say this to say so at the moment I work for a company that's international their headquarters in San Francisco the first company that I joined I was employee number 46 that was not the story we had a bit of money in the bank you could work remotely you got to work on a nice new laptop and you got like to order delivery if you stayed past seven o'clock like that's what the benefits looked like so I say that to say if you're interested in getting into tech um and if you're anything like me and you're interested in it because it seems to offer you that work-life integration and balance Mm -hmm. look at the benefits because if you've got flexibility my first job in tech had unlimited annual leave that for Mm. me I was like okay all right you know and it was real like people went off and went traveling for three weeks came back and their job was there so those are the things that they're offering to entice people into the industry and those are the things that I would say look at and consider um I would say now that like I'm a few years in when you look at those jobs having a dog in the office having beer on Fridays it's not the benefit that you're looking it's not going to add value to your life what you want to be looking for is training budgets you want to be looking for um their management style you want to be looking for again how many annual leave days are you getting do they have volunteering time off so with my current company I can take five days a year to volunteer as long as it's like a proper charity that I can do it um so those are the things and then again like I think we touched on 
this. We might have touched on this before, but looking at kind of what do they do in terms of maternity pay, paternity pay, like depending on how old you are as a listener and where you are in life. um, These things will change. The benefits that appeal to you will change over time. Like I am getting older now. Being able to go to the dentist is amazing so yeah that's what it is and what I will say is those are customer facing roles in tech the salaries go even higher than that you know if you enter as a developer you probably go in at about more of a 40 um and things like that so it it depends on the roles but the the money is there in Silicon Valley and uh the Silicon Roundabout which is in London (laughs) (laughs) so um just to throw in uh the charity and voluntary sector and the public sector because I think it's so rare to meet people who work in the industry that I work in who are talking about their jobs um and so um so I work for a charity in terms of my full-time job and started out my career in the private sector so I was one of the the girls that went to uh, Canary Wharf and worked in investment bank for the first two years after finishing my degree and actually it was good money and the lifestyle was pretty cool but it didn't fulfill me in terms of what I wanted to get from work and so quite quickly I realized that I wanted to move back move into working with people and being able to see the direct impact of my day-to-day work on other people and so I started looking for jobs in the charity sector and prior to looking I didn't even know these like there were organizations just in London who were wanting to make a change whether it was for children and young people who were growing up in houses where there was domestic violence or you know challenges or young black people who were at risk of uh, violence or whatever it is so for me I didn't know that this sector existed when I started looking for the work but uh, sort of fast forward 10 years later I'm now at a senior management position within a children's charity and I know that I'm not earning what you can earn in a corporate space however you you can earn money because I think there's something there's that myth that if you work in a charity that basically you're going to get paid like peanuts and ultimately it, it's not so when you look at uh, director level and chief executive level in some of the biggest charities they are on 100k upwards which you know rivals a lot of other sort of uh, you know sectors and when you get to kind of my senior management level you're looking at around between 40 to 60k so again that's more than enough to sort of live off and I think it's really important that you know young people know that a ultimately money is not the be all and end all but however it is important so you need to know that actually there's loads of sectors that can give you a, a decent quality of life uh, without being sort of 14 hour days or whatever it is some people are doing in the city okay so just to wrap up um i want you to share with uh whoever's listening to the podcast one piece of advice uh so one piece of careers advice so whether it is you had an epiphany at some point in your career and learned something about yourself or about um how you approach your career whatever it might be do do share i think my advice is kind of twofold i kind of want to um touch on the money bit because that has um impacted my career a lot and more about my attitude towards money mm-hmm. um when I first graduated I got a job in hospitality um and that wasn't great for my mental health um and then I found myself on job seekers which ultimately at the beginning stages they're just paying you back your tax mm-hmm. and I used that time to figure out what it is that I wanted to do what would fulfill me and at different points in my career essentially I've undervalued myself up until very very recently so for those that are listening like if you continue to focus focus on changing your approach to money, not being afraid to ask for more, not being afraid to ask for what the market rate is, not being afraid to do your research. You will put yourself in a better 
position, you you come to work with a different vim when you know that you're getting paid properly. And I say that as somebody who discovered that I was I was part of essentially a gender pay gap. And I only discovered that discovered that because I built a great relationship with somebody who did my exact same role in a different part of the business who was just honest with me and he was male and he joined after me and he himself would admit that he did less than me in the role. And that really shifted my whole perspective and let me know that never again will I undervalue myself in that way. Because especially where you know what your work ethic is, you know what you bring to the table to devalue yourself, brings yourself a disservice. And you have to just remember, even if it it seems a bit unrealistic, there are companies that are waiting to pay you what you're worth because they know that you will show up with that vim that I mentioned Mm -hmm. and they want all of that. Mm -hmm. And I think especially as somebody who quite similar to Pilar, I'm a portfolio person. I'm multi-hyphenate. Um, so in terms of the roles that I've stayed in, I've picked up different skills at different levels at each one of them. I may not have stayed there for what people would consider very long. So sometimes it's less than a year, Mm. but it means that I walk into that next interview with that next level of experience that they don't have in the building. And that's the bottom line of it. And, and a lot of companies don't necessarily have the, um, the resources to get the expertise that you walk in the door with. Mm. So I would say always kind of keep a hold of your value, um, keep a hold of how you're approaching money. And if it is something that you feel uncomfortable with, dig a little bit deeper into that because there are so many spaces where you can go and learn. I went to a negotiation workshop and then that's what gave me the confidence to negotiate in my most recent role. Mm. And I negotiated and then I got more than what I actually asked for. And all it did was serve to me that it was like, I should have been doing this all along. Because as much as as much as we get in a job and we're like, oh, we'll accept the salary that's there. And then they give you a pay rise six months later or a year later, you're still behind. So it's more to you, but you're still not where you should be, perhaps for your industry Mm. or for your role. So um, be brave in that and check out the resources and find a mentor as well that can talk to you about money. Success looks like you. Go on, Pilla. <laughs> so my first one would be to invest in yourself. Even if you're not a networker, because I know like I have lots of friends that say they hate they hate networking and mm. they hate small talk. Even if you're not a networker, I think I would still encourage people to go to as many events as you possibly can where that will enrich you. Mm. Um, either in terms of your skill, because we're in an industry that is or we're all working industries that are changing constantly. Mm-hmm. So like for me, I love to read, um, you know, different kind of like social media news outlets or anything that's like progressing in social media. But I always like to also like to go to events as mm-hmm. well. Um, so I, I love that you said that you went to a negotiating event because I think those are so important. And I remember that when me and my colleague, we started speaking about how what our day rates were. And when we realized the men were getting paid more, before we went in to increase our day rate, we we went to Stylist Live and they had a whole section about money. So yeah. we kind of went to gas ourselves up before walking in there. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we did that. And also did some, I think they're called Future Girl Corp. I went to a couple of their money ones and I love what I think um I, I don't want to I don't want to how do I word this about putting us down because I don't want to put us down mm. as British people but you know like sometimes we're quite re- res- reserved yeah. in comparisons to America yeah. so I've decided like once a year I want to do an international thing so last year I went to Afrotech mm-hmm. and it was amazing because the Americans yeah the way they're moving is very mad mm. so I just went there to see like how these people are having so much confidence and making so much change and it really like 
enriched me. And um, so, yeah, that's what I'd say, just invest in yourself. There's so many free events as well, just go on Eventbrite. Because yeah. um, that's one thing I learned when I was working in the music industry is that those people, uh, like, have no shame. Yeah. They will ask <laughs> for guest list. They will ask for backstage passes. I learned a lot to ask for things. But those people that I met when I was just young, a lot of them are still my friends today. And because of that mentality of just asking for stuff and going and meeting new people, they're doing great things today. Mm. Uh, the second one I would say is, so this is, I went to Michelle Obama's thing when she came to South Bank Centre. Mm-hmm. The, the way I made everybody, I was the contract I was at the moment, I made everybody get on their laptops. And I was like, I'm getting those tickets. Yes. Um, so I managed <laughs> to get to, but her advice to young black women was amazing. And I'll read it out. It said, the number one was slay the doubts in your head you know sometimes we can doubt ourselves yeah and she goes I've been in the most powerful tables in the world and they're not that smart so don't think you don't belong Mm -hmm. so that's just about bringing your whole self to work and Mm -hmm. not thinking that just because you don't look like the people around you that you don't add value if you're at a table you you belong there the next one is stay prepared because we can say all day long like a seat at the table but when you have a seat at the table you must also bring something to the table (laughs) yes (laughs) yes um (laughs) <laughs> and then the last one is just supporting each other so a lot of that is like what you guys do success looks like you you not only are you supporting your mentees as well you're connecting your mentors so just mm-hmm. really taking that into our own individual lives mm-hmm. nice so off the back of something uh you said i think um one piece of advice I would say is really make the most of the relationships you build in work. So what I mean is that often the industry that you are in is small enough that people will know people. And so if you do a good job, people will know about it. But if you don't do a good job, people will also know about it. And I've definitely been fortunate enough to, I have got at least two jobs because this my previous CEO knew another CEO and had told them about me and then they reached out to me and offered me a job and my first job that was over 40,000 pounds came because somebody reached out to me because I'd done a good job in a previous role so for me I think never take for granted that even if you think you're not going to be in an organization for long make sure you do good work make sure you're reputable you're you're honorable and that people remember you um in a good way a little bit like Maya Angelou always says that people won't remember what you did or what you said they'll remember how you made them feel so make sure that when you turn up you're a valuable member of the team make sure that your manager feels like no when I send me a piece of work it gets done it gets done to a good quality because even if you leave there you'll always have champions and people that can recommend you so uh, make the most of your professional relationships definitely a few pieces of advice from me would be um, first and foremost I think uh, we were talking about um, freelance work uh, earlier and um, I think you know freelance and contract work I think it, it is great work but you also have to see it as as your your own business mm-hmm. so you definitely have to understand that the reason why they're paying you more than you would get paid at uh, you know a, 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 an, an employed work is because of those times where you might not be in employment is because of you know the lack of of um, annual leave and the lack of sick pay and all of these things there so just make sure that you know you're you're budgeting for yourself and you also looking at you know other streams of income mm. you know uh, uh, while you're on your off periods or while you're doing whatever you're doing just mm. to make sure that 
you're you know financially secure also i would advise that um, any company that you you you're you're looking to go into you're looking to work for that you you also research that company you want you want to know uh, what the turnover of the company is you know you want to know how long the company has been in operation because i think uh, a lot of the time we go in you know just just wanting to be an employee but you also have to see is the company worthy of you do you know what i'm saying is the company going to be able to provide you that security do you know that you don't need to look for work uh, while you're working do you know so i think uh, it's important to know uh, how strong the company you want to work for is and um uh, one of the techniques i did you know to find my career and and to find my 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 the job that i'm working in now is uh, go and do the research you know have a f- figure in your head of of how much you want to make you know and then you can go online and you can say you can type in oh uh you know jobs that pay 50k a year you know jobs that pay 100k a year and they'll give you a list of jobs that pay the kind of salary that you're looking for then you can kind of look at okay what are the entry level requirements to get into these roles mm-hmm. you know so i i think you know doing your research uh is 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 so so vital so important it's not something that can be looked over so mm-hmm. definitely research definitely go and get you a success looks like you mentor wow. <laughs> you know what i mean and and i definitely put that work in and, and be passionate in whatever you do just want to thank all our guests today so thank you to jazz thank you to pillar and thank you to io